Welcome back to Film Posers for Boricuas, ranting, raving, and reviewing cinema. Today we'll be having a somewhat special episode because YA Book Twitter is making an appearance. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about the To All the Boys I've Loved Before franchise. <laughs> So we have a lot of mixed opinions in this group, so we'll be getting to those in a moment. Uh, right now, I just want to give a short disclaimer that we'll only be talking about the films. We will not be talking about the books. A few little details before we get into it. So the To All the Boys I've Loved Before franchise is supposed to be three films. Right now, we only have two. The third one comes out in 2021. They filmed the second and the third one back to back. Uh, the first one, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, came out in 2018, and it was directed by Susan Johnson, and it has a 3.4 rating on Letterboxd. The second one is titled To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. Uh, it came out in this year, in 2020, and it was directed by Michael Fimoyari, and it received a 2.6 rating on Letterboxd so far. The To All the Boys, Always and Forever, Laura Jean is the third installment and the final one. And it was directed by Michael Fimoniari as well. And again, it comes out next year. A few fun facts about the director. Susan Johnson's main project has been To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Meanwhile, Michael Fimoniari, he has directed a few films, but uh, some notable works he's done have been as a cinematographer. And those include... Dr. Sleep, Haunting of Hill House, and Before I Fall. What? Yeah. So, first impressions. Go. <laughs> I'm not He's a great cinematographer. I'm going to be honest. I'm going, I'm seeing his letterbox right now, and we'll see all like horror films. And I'm like, I'm impressed. <laughs> and they were good. Yeah. Like, yeah. His cinematography, Hill House, and Dr. Sleep is pretty good. But those are especially in Yeah, Yo. but that is completely different from what you the cinematography you use for a romantic movie. Like, why? But the cinematography, thought, yes, it, it was still good in To All the Boys. I really loved it. The first one or the second one? Both. I moved to the door. It's perfect. Grade one. What about you? <laughs> okay. So, like you said about this, um, a, a part, I wasn't expecting to like the movie. Um, I remember Josie saying she liked it, but I, it didn't come off to me as something that I would like. I felt like it was going to represent the new generation that's coming up now, growing up with YA. But I was pleasantly surprised with the first one. I liked that it was a feel-good movie. I loved that it was directed by a woman. I thought it had a great soundtrack. It had a Golden Girls and John Hughes reference, so I was entertained. I thought it was cute. I thought it was reminiscent of a John Hughes-esque movie, the first one, in the sense that it felt modern but also cozy. And it didn't give me the like the desire to want to cringe and basically want to skip college. And I'm someone who didn't love high school like a lot of people in my class probably did. But 
I think that it was actually pretty good, the first one. And I love the the sister relationship with Margot and Lara Jean. Yeah. I thought Margot was probably my standout character. She had she did great acting and it was a very well written character. Margot was probably my favorite character. Now as for the second one. To all the teenagers out there, I'm, I'm gonna ask this real question. Which one of you actually calls pizza Zod? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, like I uh, that was cruel cringy. Okay, so the second one, I thought it was cute, but it was really corny. Mm-hmm. And from a filmmaking perspective, you can tell the difference in this movie that there was an extreme shift between the gen- between the first one being written and directed by women and the second one being directed by a man and the there was a male writer added to the original first screenwriter. And I felt that very much shifted the tone of the movie, but it also shifted the interactions. Now, a huge problem here is these... Print these main characters, Laura Jean and Peter. Y'all have a lot of communication problems. <laughs> we'll get into that soon. Yeah. <laughs> we will. We so will. Uh, thought... something I wanted to bounce <laughs> off of what you just said is that uh, the reason I do love these films is because at least the first one, I'm going to speak about that one the most. Um, I just feel like despite it being a high school setting, it deals with a lot of universal topics that are somewhat ageless especially like the whole sister relationships, just um, interacting with someone for the first time and getting into a relationship for the first time as well. Just that whole fear of just losing people, which I feel like the first one has a deeper sense of maturity that the second one lacks as well. The second one took the good things from the first one that made it unique and tended to overuse them canceling out its charm in the second one i wholeheartedly agree with that yeah especially those banners like in the first one i'm sorry the the banners that's the thing i hate the most because in the first one it makes sense it's like valentine's day and all that it looks like stuff that would be in a school and then the second one is like a fake giving and i'm like why would a school have a banner that says fake giving (laughs) why would a school have a banner that says heartbreak Right, bro, and have Lara Jean lip sync into the camera for no reason. <laughs> okay, that was terrible. Mira, I don't know what high school that was. I kind of like. Okay, not gonna lie, I kind of like that because if they, you don't see Goku Lara Jean like react, and that was like the first time that she acted throughout the whole breakup. So I don't know. I ca- I kind of like how throughout the song. She just expressed how she felt. Pero, that's on me. I know that was a little bit corny, but I kind of like it. So, as for me, um, I really like the first one. You see, una persona que a mi no me gusta, like, romance. Like, very cheesy mm-hmm. romance. Pero, I actually enjoyed the first one. Este, I really like the cinematography. I like the color palettes. In both of the yes. movies. Este, the gusta... color palette stays strong. Yeah. Y me gusta el production design. Like, mira, Laura Jean's room. Oh, my God. Okay. Me gusta how she, it just, like, describes her as a person, you know? 
Also, like her, yeah. o sea, her get up, como ya se viste, me encanta. Pero, as for the second one, I don't know. As for the second one, I kind of paused it a lot. So, me tardé mucho yeah. viendo esa película. And I got, I don't know, it just felt different for me. Like, the writing, the directing. Because, you know, okay, the director changed to a man. So, you can kind of, like, see that in the film. Plus, some character developments that you just, like, got taken back. So, mm -hmm. I kind of didn't like the second one, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, something that the first one got a lot that the second one just nobody has mentioned that again was that the first one was called an instant classic. It was called the revival of the rom-com. Like, a lot of people celebrated the first mm -hmm. one, and the second one was kind of ignored. Like, people were happy that it came out, and people will probably still watch the third one. But you can definitely tell that there are differences between the two. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. This franchise is doing a really good job establishing fans, from what I can tell. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like this, the second one, It'll do well at like an award show, like uh, the MTV Movie and TV Awards that's voted by fans. So yeah, the Teen Choice Awards. They did well. Exactly. They did well. No, I'm talking about the second one. Uh, the first one did well, so. Yeah, I'm expecting the same result. So, I I don't know. I don't. I will like to celebrate in both films, the soundtracks. They're yes. pretty good. Yes. <laughs> I like that they weren't trying too hard to be like current music, pop music. No, it tried to like give a little bit of variety, but it also helped with the tone, specifically in the first one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a few of those songs became popular because of the movie. Yeah. Which speaks to the mm -hmm. fan base. Mm -hmm. Same. I kind of went back to the soundtrack for the first movie. I mean, for the second movie. Yeah, I did that with the first one. Um, this is going to be a segue <laughs> into the rest of the conversation, but just for to ask something more on the fun side. Are you team Peter or are you team John Ambrose? Oh, my God. Okay. Neither. <laughs> okay. So, Peter, in the first movie, he was like, oh, my God, he's kind of cute. Okay. I like his, like, the chemistry between Laura Jean and... O sea, ajá. Pero in the second one, he's kind of an asshole. I'm not gonna lie. Mm -hmm. With John Ambrose, he was like more of the sweet type of guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of leaning more into like <laughs> Team Ambrose, even though at the end, como que it catches you again with Team Peter. Yeah. Pero here's the thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I think I'm just gonna more I'm gonna lean more into John Ambrose at this point. Here's the thing. I don't understand how you can go back to Peter after meeting John Ambrose. Mm -hmm. Like what the fuck? <laughs> how can you go back to that dude? Especially how he treated you in the second movie. Nah, John Ambrose. Like there's uh -huh. no question. Like I don't care. 
I don't care if it's your first love and he went all, whoa, 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 stop. I don't care. Like, he treated you like trash in the second one, dump him and go with John Ambrose. Like, it's not that hard. And he, he wasn't even waiting for her. In the- <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even waiting for her in the jacuzzi. Exactly. One. Can I pick Team Margo? <laughs> Yeah, she wasn't even in the second one. That pissed me off. She was there for five seconds. Yeah. She was probably one of the better developed characters and you cut her out. Eso no falta respeto. Yeah, because she's in Scotland. I don't care. <laughs> I want her talking with Laura Jean about these problems. I think that would have been a great thing to highlight. But um, now, <laughs> um, yeah. in, that, in retrospect to the question of the teams... I don't remember having been asked to be part of a team since like the Hunger Games. So <laughs> no, you mean Twilight? <laughs> no, no, no. I said Hunger Games. Twilight. That was <laughs> what team were you in Twilight? Because twi- Hunger Games stole it from Twilight. <laughs> I, I think on the one hand, I agree with what you're saying about John Ambrose. When it comes to he's a good guy, he's nice. However. What with John Ambrose, I feel like it's Laura Jean going backwards. You know, she had just gotten a little bit more out there. She'd gotten you could tell the glow was there in the first movie with mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. love. But John Ambrose also tr- actually did treat her well. I agree there. He did listen, he did care, but I don't think there was enough to say like who do I pick because I mm-hmm. just knew him I this is the second time I saw Peter now do I think their fight toward that towards the climax was stupid absolutely but with teenage love in high school I expect that now I don't think Peter and her are gonna end up getting married that's for sure yeah um i remember that when i saw ps i still love you i was talking with some friends and my whole thing was okay i think she'll definitely be with peter but in the long run she'll probably marry john ambrose that's how i feel that's exactly how i feel peter's the you're the first boyfriend this is the first experience you're learning it's kind of setting up learning for her learning what she wants and what she doesn't want in someone so then she can circle back to John Ambrose like Hallmark movie style. So <laughs> now Hallmark movies are on another level. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is that bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I... You know what? I feel like I outgrew this type of movies. Yeah, like I can't do like high school romance. I can't do it. They make me cringe so hard. No matter how well made they are. Like, I, I can't. I Is it too that. late to get I a female director to fix it? Yeah. <laughs> Call Susanna. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I don't understand this. Like, why can't a woman finish this? That's surprise? what upset me. I don't understand. I feel like if she... I don't yeah. understand. She, like, it was critically well-received and it was loved by fans of the book. Why did they not allow her to direct the rest of the movies? I... This is giving Why? me Twilight flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just like Twilight, Step Up. Like, they're not good, but the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. 
the point is that it's stupid that if she did a good job and it was well received and it did well, it doesn't make any sense to take that away from her. And I think it affected everything in the long run because many people didn't like the second one and you can tell by the reviews and the directing was bad. It looked like an A24 movie. It tried to be an A24 movie when it clearly wasn't like the type of it didn't go to the tone of the movie. Like when they floated at the end, what the fuck was that? And now we'd like to take a moment to talk to you about our sponsor, Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. The first one, it does have its good things. Like, for example, that despite it being with an Asian American cast and it does have its diverse players within it, the movie isn't a like it's not a movie about race. Instead, it's about heritage being integral to identity, but not defining a person. Like, it's mixed in, but the movie isn't all about that. So that's really nice. Normal, though, that, it, you know, how some high school movies have the tendency of when it's a character, when it can be a character from somewhere else, you know, they tend to use that as, like, the bullying aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A la mean, remember Mean Girls when Katie was from South Africa and... They kind of got on that for a bit, among other reasons. I like yeah. that they didn't use that trope. Why do you think the first one became an instant classic? I believe that the first one became a classic because at that time, uh, the YA adaptations were very hit and miss for certain people. And this was mm-hmm. one that you could tell was well done. You could tell some people felt that it was very novels accurate, apparently. I I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know them. But it also felt like it was a feel-good movie. And I think a lot of people like a feel-good movie, not one where it's like trying to make you cringe that much into high school. Because like Gabriela said, a lot of us outgrow some of these films Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the cringe just becomes too much. We just move on to some that are in college or some that are just adult. Yeah. But I also feel the first one was very well-crafted, well-put together, and it just had a lot of things that balanced from the past and the, and the present. The past with the John Hughes vibe, but the present with mixing in, like you said, the culture, the family values, etc. Yeah, as well, for example, this movie to me, it's, like you said, a feel-good movie. It's one of my comfort movies. And also one thing that... um mentioning John Hughes, I do like going back to the Asian representation, how they have that moment when they're watching 16 Candles and they criticize the Asian representation in that film. So that also was a nice little bit they they did. It was. So which one did you prefer? I'm guessing one, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like the first one more. It's like you said, it feels more of a comfort movie and when you're not expecting that much, because I didn't see the trailer either. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first film I actually, one of the first films I saw without seeing the trailer. Yeah. And I see why people do this. It's actually great. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> um, people... I didn't expect much, but it delivered. Yeah. People were expecting, okay, in the time que la película salió, but I was surrounded with people that actually read the book a lot and they love it. So they were expecting, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, how the, the movie's going to come out. So there was like a certain hype for for it. 
Y también tienen el perfect balance uh -huh. de being too corny. Because people tend como que if it's too corny, they're not going to like it. And I feel that the first one como que hit it right in that aspect. It was mostly on the the technical aspect of it because it was different than many romance movies and like high school movies I think like the color palette and the directing of the first one was a style that I hadn't seen in other movies so I think that's what caught people's attention like the aesthetic of the movie in part was what caused more people to watch because obviously people would be sharing like photos and scenes of it online and more people would have wanted to see what it was all about so I think that's why the, the first one was more impactful due to the, the technical aspect of it because that's what I like the most about the first one yeah because the first one has its own and, style while the second one is basically yeah. copying the style of the first one so it doesn't come off as unique and failing but it's not even a good copy yeah. that's yeah. the problem yeah, it's a bad copy. It's bad. The second one is it, it has its It has really its bad. pros, actually, like the second one. I just keep saying, it, okay, it kind of does, okay? Because, okay, I kind of like, again, with the, like, the cinematography, and they brought back, obviously, like, the color palette, and production design of it. But, like, story-wise, it could have, like, been better. No. <laughs> Uh, another pro of the second one was the character Stormy, played by Holland mm -hmm. Taylor. I thought she was really good. She's like one of the very few pros in this movie because she definitely tried to guide Laura Jean. Not directly in most cases, but she did try to help her. I would have yeah. had an I would have I would have had an entire movie about Stormy. I would have watched her entire movie. Yeah, the fun part. Yeah, it's pretty popular. Yeah, the fun part about these films, talking about the book for a second, is that both of them have an author cameo with Jenny Han. And it's refreshing yeah. because they don't get cut. Cut like any, Does anybody remember when John Green's cameos got cut or went unnoticed in his own films? Like, he had a cameo. Yeah, like, his cameo in The Fault in Our Stars isn't the extent. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you he can find enough. his cameo. Yeah, he, he had a yeah yeah in the he airport. He had a cameo in Fault in Our Stars and in Paper Towns, and the one in Fault in Our Stars is a deleted scene, and in Paper Towns yeah. he's in there for like a brief second. You don't, I you can't like even see him. So remember his. I didn't even know he was there. Yeah. But I love. I think my favorite author cameo is in the Hate You Give. Mm -hmm. When it with that. When Angie Thomas is the one that gives Star the yeah. the megaphone, I think that's my favorite author camp. About the first one were the continuity errors that I always laugh at those. Like there was a moment where <laughs> Peter Kavinsky has like a long sleeve shirt and he extends his hand to, I think, shake Lara Jean's dad. And he suddenly like has like his sleeve is rolled up and I'm like what the heck and then we go back and his sleeve is long again and I'm like what's happening like there were a lot of continuity errors in the first one especially a little one that a lot of people have made fun of is that they basically show the contract three times with three different fonts oh no I didn't yeah. know that really? yeah. 
when you watch it as oh many times God. as I have, you notice these things. Yeah, like I think um the other como que error that they had is when they showed como que a sneak peek of John Ambrose in the first one, and yes. then the second one is a total <laughs> different actor. So that's a perfect segue for my next topic, which is the Jordan <laughs> Fisher casting. How do we feel about that? Because in the first one, especially when they chose when they show she's talking about like the people she sent her letters to it's like john ambrose from un and we see this little white boy and then like at the end and during the credits we see the other actor and then in the second one we get john ambrose played by jordan fisher i mean i love jordan fisher so i have nothing against yeah that was my whole thing because i'm like straight up team peter and then you give me jordan fisher and i'm like well i guess i have no choice but to change teams I thought he did a great job, honestly. I like, yeah, I like the picture of that. Yeah, he's a good actor, and he can sing and play the piano. Can do- can Kavinsky <laughs> do that? No. So he's a jock. They're slow learners. But when do you guys think Peter started liking Lara Jean in the first movie? Hmm. The contract. I think it was the contract when they agreed to the. For it to work, they she had to see Fight Club, but he had to see Sixteen Candles, and there was like that connection. I felt that they that he started to be like, all right, she's down for the agreement, so let me start to get to know her a little bit more, so this will work. But then he actually got to know her at her house, and then it's like, huh, she's different than what I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he goes so, to her house for the first time. Exactly. I yeah, re- uh-huh. No, I was gonna say that's how I, that's when I think I felt that he started liking her, liking her, and got o- and started to try to get over the other one. I don't, I don't, I didn't like her. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think he liked her all along, but of course he was with Genevieve and he loved her, but he was interested in Lara Jean. Um. And I noticed that more this time because I was rewatching it earlier for this episode. And there's one moment when Kitty says, uh, I could tell he liked you and you weren't going to do anything about it. So I sent out the letters and it's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when she almost hits him <laughs> with her car. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, people use their mirrors, right? <laughs> See, I felt that's a high school moment that's relatable. That yeah, that it wasn't I... cringy. Everyone's had that moment where you're starting to learn to drive, and you have that moment when you're just like, "That wasn't correct." <laughs> Let yeah. me get out of here as soon as possible. Again, just, the first it, one just had these natural moments that just became it. Like that's why it became an instant classic. It had these iconic small moments that just felt natural, not forced, and. Clearly, the cast got along well. Han made sure to like include all these like John Hughes and other like the Golden Girls and all these things. Like it's clearly meant to be a comfort film, which is nice to have from time to time, especially when Netflix is constantly just trying to push content for the sake of content. Yo, okay, I watched these films back to back, and when they showed the Golden Girls moment, I was like. I want to rewatch the Golden Girls episode, but I forgot that they were on Hulu, not Netflix. And it was also 2 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? I'll go to sleep. But I ha- I like that I had the 
desire to want to be like, this one made me want to go watch something else that was also comforting. Really nice part about the first one is that it does touch on like the topic of like females supporting females and like um, double standards, especially when um, Margot tells Lara Jean that it's that you can't see your face and if you hadn't been tagged, nobody would know it's you and it'll all be okay. And she's like, um, that she says it's worse for Peter than it is for you. And she says it's never worse for the guys. That hit. Yeah, it's those small moments. Like, it's not a movie making it entirely about this, but those moments do stay with you because it is true. Just like, um, social media is such a big part in high school, especially now these days. I can't speak to that personally because I graduated a long time ago, but I can't imagine being in high school right now with social media the way it is. Oh, and yeah. for her to, yeah, for her to go through that. And for them to acknowledge that despite anything that could happen, there will still be that double standard. And even though this is this is a fluffy rom-com, it still touches topics like that. So I respected it for handling it. Um, not lightly, but also not making it entirely about that. Also, I loved how Margot handled taking down the video. Yes. I thought that was such a smart decision. Because the gut reaction is instantly to go to the school and make a fuss. But she mm-hmm. made, she played it smart. She said this is going against the Instagram rules when it comes to child pornography, something along the lines of that. It was smart mm-hmm. and it worked. But I also like that this movie touches on bullying and what it's like now with the mm-hmm. dangers of social media. That they were able to either spread the video around or like when she opened her locker, she saw all those photos. I mm-hmm. thought that was great. And then the moment where Peter tries to defend Laura Jean, I thought that moment, I was like, okay, he likes her. He he likes her. This isn't an act anymore. This isn't like, oh, I'm just going to date you to get back with the other. No, no, no. He's in. And I thought that was great that he actually tried to stand up for her, him being the alpha male of that high school, so to speak. That's how he was painted. Yeah, I also like that he wasn't praised just for doing that small act because again it he did the bare minimum he should have spoken up from the beginning so the fact that he finally spoke up that was good but I like that he wasn't praised for that like oh my god look at him he's such a great guy it's like no he's doing what he should have done from the beginning and that he didn't brag about it either yeah how do we feel about Genevieve I'm over her I don't like her. I, I don't I, like her. I think the actress did a great job portraying her because I think her goal was for me not to like her. And she did it great. But the character itself, mm-mm. I wouldn't trust that friendship. Not with a 10-foot pole. No, you're, if you're willing to put your friend through that, <laughs> what spreading a video around around her and making it seem like she's doing something she's not and then confront her in a bathroom about it, I'm like, nah, that friendship is done. Oh, I agree completely with you guys, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And is it, yeah, it, she like kind of, mi- but in the second like movie, she says she kind of missed her friendship though. Oh, please. Yeah, so that's the thing. In the first one, we go out of it not liking her. 
because I don't hate her, but I just don't like her because she's being very cruel to Lara Jean. And it's obvious that she took the video. Mm-hmm. Now, in the second one, there comes a point where we find peace with it. And it was very strange how they handled it for me because I did come to a point where I was like, should I forgive her? Mm-hmm. It's like, if Lara Jean is forgiving her, then fine. But I do like how they handled it. I don't know about you guys. I just felt that it was interesting seeing a male director and not that it, not to spe- how do we say this? Not to say that all male directors handle female friendships and female fights poorly, but most of the times when two women are being portrayed by a man, they're portrayed as catty. Um, <laughs> like girls are often portrayed as catty. So that scene was refreshing to me because they come to terms with what they're going through. And we don't have to forgive her, but we do understand her. And it's simply finding peace and calm within the storm. But we don't have to forgive her. I agree with all that. But I personally feel that Laura Jean needs to be friends with her cousin. Because the cousin actually cares. But it's Mm -hmm. a good thing that they buried the hatchet. But that's as far as it should go. It shouldn't be a matter of she's going to get bullied by her again in the third one. No, no, no. That's the end of that storyline. Yeah, I haven't read the third one. So I don't know where that's going to go. But it definitely feels like it ends there. I think that we're just trying to find peace to a problem and just solve it and leave it at there. I just hope it sticks like that, honestly. Yeah, because now probably with Laura Jean and Peter Kavinsky are going to be dealing with is the fact that high school is going to be over. Mm. And she's going to be in the same situation Margot was in the beginning of the first one. Of does the relationship continue or not? Yeah, we've reached the end of this episode. Our final, well, my final question for you guys is, will you be watching the third one? I mean, I already I'll sat through the, the first one, yeah. two, so why not? <laughs> yeah. I'll-, I'll watch it to find out if they stay together or not to see if the ride was worth it. But I'm probably still at the end of the third one going to say, the first one was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is a really good film. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's pretty much a fact that the first one is going to, to be the best one. It's going to stay that way. So, because if it's the same director as the second one and the same thing happens and they were shot back to back, so I doubt that they make that much that many changes in terms of the cinematography. So, I think I will say if everyone's dealing with the end of high school, I expect that to arrive on Netflix around the time of graduation next year for certain high schoolers to watch before they graduate. Well. That's all for today's episode. We'd like to thank you for listening and to give a shout out to the kind people sending love our way. We see you. We hear you. If you'd like to keep up with us, make sure to follow us at Film Posers on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure to tune in to our very next Film Poser Friday. Again, thank you for listening. And remember, we're all film posers. Bye. Bye. Bye.